What's up, you juicy buggers? It's HGG here, and I am very excited. Today we had Olivia May on the podcast. Um, she's a beach sprinter. She won the national titles for Victoria in surf lifesaving the beach event i guess you'd call it from like sprinting to flags she has done an incredible job of not only building herself up as an athlete over the past few years um, but moving into strength conditioning as well as building an incredible social media following off the back of it so i think for any aspiring athlete I think this is a good one to tune into because of the fact that she not only built an incredible social media following on top of her professional sprinting career, and because of that, it's allowed her to pursue and do more and have more flexibility with the passion that she has now turned into a profession. So for anyone out there who is an aspiring athlete, get ready to enjoy the show. Or if you're just a normal person who loves a good chat, you're going to have a fantastic time anyway. So tune in, enjoy the show. Love yous. Bye. Like with the interstate stuff that you're doing, um, you know, like how how did you really get into like the life-saving stuff? Have you been doing it for a long time? Yeah. So my dad was a sprinter when he was my age. And he sort of wanted my brother and I to follow that path and see if we had any speed. So when I was about five, I got the option of picking either track sprinting or beach sprinting because he was often beaten by beach sprinters because they tend to be pretty well, on the track. Yeah, because they tend to be pretty <laughs> strong runners. So I was like, I don't know why, but I picked beach. And then so I joined under sixes at my local club in Victoria called Hampton. And then um, obviously at like Little Nippers, you do the water events, the beach events, and I love the sand. I think only because I didn't like going in the water because it was freezing down there. So continue that pretty much from when I was six until now, so I'm 21. But definitely had a bit of a like up and down, like I loved it for a few years and I picked another sport, but I always did it throughout the 15 odd years that I've done it. Mm. And then it wasn't until I moved up here that I sort of took it to the next level and really wanted to focus on that. I was playing like high level netball till like lockdown in 2020 and lifesaving was sort of my just like fun hobby hobby. sort of stuff. Yeah, I only like, I had a team, so I was always a part of like a relay, which was fun. And then every like April nationals was on the Gold Coast. So that's sort of why I stuck around because it was a guaranteed holiday every year. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, yeah, this is all right. This is fun. It's like something different. And then in lockdown, like netball season was cancelled and I was like, well, I can still sprint when I'm not allowed to play, like go anywhere in lockdown. And I had yeah. an arts track like at the end of my street. So then I committed to a program, like a beach sprinting program and a bit of a combo of beach sprinting and 400s on track. And then just got like real fit over those two years and then like found a massive passion for it. And I do like- Is couple, that the two years leading up to like now sort of Yeah, thing? like yeah. the 2020 to sort of now. Yeah. And then like literally all it was was just committing to training, like not- doing that going out sort of 18 year old lifestyle and went from being like pretty average to like winning my first race mm. out of lockdown. So, and now I love it. Do you, um, did you have, um, like with that lockdown period, was that like, was that like a trigger that, you know, like you just had, like you were looking for something to do because like, like obviously you guys had such, you know, horrible lockdown periods. Um, were you a part of like that main 
like was it the whole of Victoria or is it like just the Melbourne CBDs and stuff like that or were you part of like in that Melbourne CBD sort of area? Yeah, I was in the Melbourne area. Yeah, so right. I think mostly just Melbourne were affected the most and obviously like country Vic was in and out of it. But um, yeah, lockdown definitely was like the biggest turn in my life. I was like when lockdown had started, I was 18. So obviously I was going out a lot, loved drinking, was drinking a lot, was eating crap. And then, and I was also playing really good netball while living that lifestyle. Were you still playing like at a high level? Yeah. So I was like doing- Both sports? All the wrong, yeah, doing both. But netball were very much like, you're not going to get much game time unless you sort of prioritise netball. Mm. You can't keep missing training to go to life-saving competitions. So I picked netball (laughs) because I loved it more and I was better at it doing all the wrong things, like going out every weekend, eating crap. And I was playing my best netball. And then what a recipe I know how good <laughs> like the dream but then my life-saving and sprinting went backwards and uh, I was like getting the worst results I've ever gotten yeah so yeah lockdown was just an opportunity to sit back and be like what do I really want to do and I always had a passion for sprinting but it's like a sport where it's hard to get started and it's like such a commitment like the program we committed to was like nine sessions a week so like the average person it's pretty daunting mm-hmm. to get started on that so I found a little squad and we caught up throughout lockdown and just because we had the time to and trained like once or twice a day every day Mm. and I just fell in love with it and like obviously being a beginner like your results are gonna skyrocket because you've gone from doing no training to training heaps so I was just obsessed with the improvement and being able to actually see it on like a stopwatch versus netball like you're just sort of asking for like your coach's approval whether or not you've gotten better or not so did you have did you have a good like did you already have like when you say <clears throat> like your dad was a sprinter, did you already have quite a good base? Yeah, I think naturally I had like a bit there. Yeah. I was pretty good like around maybe like 10, 11, 12, 13. I was like doing well in the sport with not much training just because- Is this was, like flat or th- is this like flat or this is beach sprinting at the time? Just beach at the time. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do any other like track running around then. And then as like girls sort of started to get into the gym when we could, when we were old enough and girls were growing and I was like, I was a pretty small kid. So that part of my career, I sort of went backwards and I was like, I've got to do something about it if I want to still be up there and I've got to start training more and going in the gym and all that. So that's probably when my results went backwards and then just didn't really do anything about it till lockdown. Right. And were you doing like, like at what stage was... At what stage did you really start to look at um, like weights and and that as a, as a performance? Like you said, you started that program. <clears throat> you said you started that program where you were doing um, at the start of COVID. Was that um, was that when like weights and S and C started to become like a part of you know your world? Um, the first season in lockdown was pretty much like purely just track. And not much like gym or conditioning work, which was like sort of fine. I got away with it because I was just doing so much running and I was just getting better naturally. But then at the end of that season, I could like sort of see like visually I was a lot less strong than my competitors. And I like my start was always my like weakness. And I knew that I'm not going to get like a faster start unless I get stronger in the legs. So it was the following season, which is 2021, which just passed. And I invested in a gym coach and so he does S&C work and just had like a massive winter in the gym, mostly in the gym, but to the point where I wasn't like losing my speed and power and like getting too bulky. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, and then like sort of fell in love with the gym over winter and then that's when I did my own S&C coaching. So I still get coached by that S&C coach but then also like have enough knowledge myself to sort of make calls when I need to. It's funny when you start to like when you when you come from being say like an athlete, a lot of athletes, you know, are an athlete for a long time but until you start to actually study the body and, and that you, you can actually start to feel – you know where your body actually needs it. Yeah, um, I, I reckon like from a from a sprinting point of view, like you were saying, it must have been it must have been an interesting transition when you've gone from okay, I'm moving into st- some strength stuff, and then as you've started to build on top of that base that you already have, the falling in love with the gym thing, you've been starting to think about like, hang on a minute, like squats and hip flexes and you know deadlifts and all these, how much that would have like really started to well i guess did it really start to like click and make you feel like that was where you know your speed was going to be generated from oh absolutely like i think i remember like the first like speed like start session we did in winter after like two or three months of like gym work i just like felt so much faster and explosive and like just to be able to see the results like in your own body is just like so sick and um, the only, like, hard thing is obviously, like, working in a gym and the average person sort of trains like a bodybuilder. So for me, it's, like, sort of blocking all that out and just focusing on my style, even though people will come up to you in the gym and be like, that's not how you squat. Like, why are you doing a box squat? And, like, why are your legs straight in an RDL? It's like, well, stiff leg. <coughs> that's what I need to do. So, yeah, that's probably, like, the hardest thing that I'm definitely, like, working through and not being, like, influenced by people like being able to do the gym five times a week, whereas I can only do it a couple of times because obviously running is my profession, not weightlifting. So, yeah. How and how many, like what's your schedule look like now? Like because you, so I guess like one thing that's been, you know, from an outsider looking in, um, watching you got like, because like, you know, I think it must have been from a, a roundabout when, like it's probably been a year since nearly we caught up last time when you came yeah. down here. Maybe maybe a little bit less, I'd say. Like if you've only been up here for what'd you say, like a year, a year and a bit now? Months. Yeah. So it must have only been like not too far after that that we caught up for the first time. But um your like your social media has grown like you would say exponentially in the last like yeah, twelve months. Definitely. Has that something that you put like a lot of time, like were you were you conscious that you were really trying to grow social media or was it just the journey that then became like, you know, then it all started to filter in? It definitely wasn't something I like tried to pursue, but I did like, I was stuck in a degree that I didn't really want to do for a few years. I was studying osteopathy, which is like you didn't sort like of, it? I liked it, but it wasn't like my passion right. and I probably wouldn't keep doing it after I finished. So I was sort of like stuck in this awkward phase when I moved here and then I did like document my move from Melbourne to the Gold Coast and Mm -hmm. and it was like, people loved it because it was locked down in Melbourne. So Mm. they had something like different to see and like different photos. People actually doing something. And then um, I just- from Melbourne to the Gold Coast too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Big upgrades. So I just like posted that like on my TikTok and just like had a bit of fun with it. I did like a daily vlog of my hotel quarantine every day. And even though it was the same thing every day, people loved it. And then um, just like my growth as an athlete, I have so many videos of when I was like doing like beach sprinting when I was like 19 and yeah. had absolutely like no idea what I was doing and then like transformed to like a year later and I've like like trained my ass off. So just like posting that and also like I think moving here, I really like 
found my passion and like was proud of it as well i feel like in Mm. melbourne i was a bit torn between like do i want to be like all just social i don't want to be an osteo i don't want to be an athlete or Mm. don't want to be a normal 18 year old like you know i just didn't really know what path i wanted to take and then up here i was like i can be whoever i want up here no one knows me like it's just a fresh like start so yeah, it just sort of like grew on its own. I love that. Like yeah. that's that's the sort of shit that I because it, it, like Katie and I, like my wife, and well, like we talk about it all the time. I I really one thing I love about people moving away from their homes and like moving somewhere else is they just get to create this whole new identity in a yeah. way. And nine times out of ten, that identity becomes who they actually are. Yeah. There's no like external noise. There's no there's no um, like egotistic like knowledge of everyone around you to yeah. be like oh hang on they're acting weird now it's like yeah. oh no i'm just acting like who i am yeah like you don't know anything about anyone so like because obviously like in your hometown everyone everything spreads you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah you have an idea on everyone even if you don't know them but yeah. then here it was just like no one knows me i don't know anyone i can do whatever i want and then yeah just never changed and then did you start to like like did that I guess was that like, did you feel quite quickly that that was a bit of a refreshing change and then you could sort of knuckle down on, on things a bit easier? Oh, absolutely. I think like it was just a complete lifestyle change and I think it's what I always wanted but just like never really took the leap. And um, I was sort of leaning towards like the Gold Coast lifestyle in lockdown but just had all these things like pulling me back to Melbourne and then, yeah, yeah like I just like – randomly one day it was like no nah, i'm gonna pack up and go so i was just waiting for my hotel quarantine approval and then got my approval from the government and then two days later i was gone yes, and haven't looked back <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it all happened so fast but like don't regret it at all I, and and did you come up here like I, I guess you know for you being you know like you're saying you're a high level netballer but also having that sprinting base were you coming up here with an intention of which direction you were going to go down or were you just going to work? Are you sort of going to come up here? Because obviously we have, a, like, you know, I would think a really good um, surf life-saving base and all the rest of it, like, you know, from the Ironmans to the, you yeah. know, everything here on the coast is pretty good. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> they're all, every, everything like is like at a quite high level. So yeah. did you know that you, you know, that, because of that, that you'd be able to come in and sort of like slip into a club or, or coaches and stuff like that quite easily? Yeah, well, I trained like via correspondence with my current coach for maybe like three months leading up to the move just so I could like settle into the program. And like when you like just change programs just like that after doing one for like a couple of years, it's like you're just going to get injured and like you're going to get slower. So I like use that time to sort of adapt to it and do half of my program, half of his. And then every time I'd come up on a holiday, I would do like a training session with the squad. So I sort of knew like who was in it, what I was in for. And like I was constantly communicating with the coach. And then I did tell my mum because she loved that I played netball. And then like sprinting <laughs> was my dad's thing. So she was a bit upset when I took his side, <laughs> which I never actually thought I would do. And um, I told her, like, don't worry, like I'm going to play netball up there. <laughs> Just like local stuff in winter. No, I promise. I literally, I don't even think I can catch a ball anymore. (laughs) 
So, sorry, Mum. <laughs> Mum, um, I swear, next season's the one. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I could feel next season. I was like, gonna I'm going to come one. back to it. Like, you can always go back to netball. I'm open age. Like, <laughs> nothing's stopping me. And now I'm like, every season, I just get more and more excited for track. She so. just keeps sending you the registration forms. Yeah. <laughs> looking out for local clubs. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're looking for spots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, Mum. Just maybe next season. Yeah, next year. So, yeah. That's awesome. And so, how's your how's your dad think with like the fact that you're now like a high level sprinter now? Oh, he absolutely loves it. And his thing, so I do like pro running, which is like the stall gift, grass, staggered start, handicap stuff. And he could, um, he really like wanted me to do it because he never won. He'd always come second. And when you win, like you get a cool sash and yeah, know, big prize money. And it's just like, it doesn't even Stall matter. Stall gift is massive. Like, it's oh. got, like I, I remember you used to, I used to watch the Stall gift on um, on TV. Yeah, I watched it every yeah, year. And I then, used to watch it. And I just like, that's so cool. Like, wish I could do that. But yeah. like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then he put me in it and he's like, I could never win. Like, I want you to, like, win something. And it was the first race after lockdown, like, training that whole year. It was the store gift. It was the Bay Sheffield in oh, Adelaide. Yeah. And I won so really? unexpectedly. He and it was like, he loved it. Like, he kept the sash. He's kept the, <laughs> the trophy. Like, I'm like, it's all yours. Hey, Dad, can I take this up to Queen? What, what do you mean? Yeah. I entered you. That's yeah. mine. Oh, his logic is I paid your entry fees <laughs> yeah. for all those years, so it's mine. Dad tax. Yeah. So... Yeah, he just keeps all my sashes and everything and That's absolutely cute. loves it. So And uh, what so because now you are doing um you are doing quite a bit of flat ground stuff now, right? Yeah, so I probably haven't even like spread of beach and track. I probably do maybe like three or four like grass runs a season and then beaches around the same. Just sort of depends how many races are offered. But when I was in Melbourne I did a lot more flat running because all my races are in the VAL in Victoria. They don't really have many in Queensland up here other than like synthetic track, which right. I'm not really that interested in yet. Just because it's just not as fun. Right. Like pro running's like anyone can win. Like it's just like really good atmosphere. It's always a close race because that's the point of the handicap system. Right. Whereas track running, like <clears throat> it's all about times yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really want to get caught up and in that. And it is like baseline who's the fastest yeah you know. and same person wins every week so i definitely will do it when i'm older but i feel like at this point i would just struggle so much to balance all three like that's just a lot of racing mm-hmm. in a season so i yeah i go down to melbourne a fair bit for some pro running just because it's fun mm-hmm. and then do all my beach stuff up here so. how um i guess like how does how do you feel that both of those translate you know is do you feel like beach running helps more for flat ground stuff or vice versa beach definitely helps the flat just because like obviously on the beach we're a lot slow like we're running slower but like running just as hard and you just it's a complete different running style like you need to be really light on your feet and you need to be pretty strong in the legs and in the hip flexors and in the glutes so then when you run on the grass you just feel like you're flying yeah and we also have that like a little bit of endurance because we do run a 90 meter on sand but it's probably equivalent to like a 150 That'd be a tough 90 it's so far <laughs> and probably it doesn't look that like when you're, no. you're doing is that when they like you 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 bash each other for the oh, stick that's that's beach flags that's yeah, only yeah. 25 oh, right, right, <laughs> but that still feels a long way but the 90 like most days it's into a headwind as well and it just doesn't stop and like every 10 meters like you step in a pothole and you got to reset again, re-accelerate, and it's just like it's the longest race ever. And then you go run – like I do a handicapped 120 or I do a handicapped 70 and it just feels so quick. 
and like just to be able to like oh, on run. the flat yeah yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. be able to run with no interruptions and like not tripping over yeah like the 90 like you feel lactic at the end of it which is crazy because that's like a short sprint but it's just not so I think the beach benefits the track. Or but it's the not like you're, it's not like you're sprinting on the soft stuff, uh, the hard stuff. Like no, it's, it's all it's soft. all that the, the soft stuff right yeah. at the top of the beach where everyone walks along and it's like ah ah hot, the hot, hot, hot stuff. Hot. Yeah, <laughs> in Victoria we would run on like the hard because it's um the tide must just come up really fast. Right. So it's always like the wet stuff. So it was like the same as running on track. Sorta of, yeah. But like so much stress through like your ankles because you run with no shoes on. And then you come up here and you're like, oh, my God, it's so hard. So I think moving up here has definitely made my beach running a lot better because I've had that opportunity. Whereas when I lived in Vic, I'd run on hard stuff and then I'd go to nationals and the Gold Coast and just, like, get destroyed because the sand was so soft. But I don't know if the flat benefits the beach that much. Mm. I haven't really noticed it. We do most of our training on, like, synthetic track. Mm -hmm. So obviously it makes you quicker, but Mm -hmm. I think the beach does benefit the track a lot. That was probably like from an activation point of view for yeah. like the knees. And do you, do you find that um, like is there a lot of injuries within um, you know like life saving in general? Like a lot of because a lot of the stuff is on unsteady ground or yeah. like you say it's potholes. Is there is there like common injuries that occur like in in a lot of it or like due to the training on the like on the sand? does it actually make for more of a durable athlete? I think probably on average, like more durable just cause it's less impact and you're not putting as much like, like the force doesn't come back through you. You sort of just like put your foot Absorbing through and it, it yeah. just absorbs everything. But hammies are pretty common and I'm more of like a quad gal um, just cause like the uneven surface and all that. And then with beach flags, um, hip flexor cause you're getting up, getting your leg forward, spinning around as fast as you can. And also, um, like, dislocated shoulders, like, diving with, like, all your body weight and arms going into the ground. <laughs> it's quite an aggressive sport. Oh, yeah. Even, like, people get, like, concussed and, like... Yeah, well, people were, like, I could imagine, like, I was watching, I think you did some stories or your posts or something like that the other, like, the other day when you were down there. Yeah. And, like, that was just watching, like, I'm guessing the girls are probably just as vicious as the guys. But, yeah. like, I'm sure that there's probably some aggressive people out there that would... Oh, they'd oh, love they, it. They, they, would, they wouldn't hold back. No, it's like um, it's like sprinting and like running yeah, exactly. together. It's so fun. And especially coming from like a netball background where it's so non-contact. You yeah. know how to do this. And it's like, it actually took me all those years until last weekend to actually like have the like guts to like touch someone while I'm running. Right. Because you were so, sort of. Yeah. And I've never like been up there to be able to actually like go head to head with someone. Is that because you turned into a weapon now? And you're like, come on, uh, let's go, girls. <laughs> I've definitely improved a bit, but <laughs> you're like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so fun. I love it, and like, it just gets such a rush. Yeah, like it's so different to anything else. So it's like frightening when you're in the moment, and then like once you finish, you're like, God, that was so fun. Yeah. So, do you have like? Um, I guess like specific favorites on like what like sounds like beach flags is quite a good one that you yeah. enjoy. But like I guess with a lot of those um, other sports, like like what are the other sports within that um, the surf life saving? Like, do you do any of the water stuff or is it just all all beach? All you, beach. Like you do beach and water like as a kid, and then once you hit like under fifteens, they run at the same time, so you have to pick one or the other. And then, like, nationals, we're separated. Like, water's at a different beach. They'll be at Broad Beach. Beach will be at Karawa. 
And then, um, yeah, like training's completely different. You've got to train a lot more for the water, like multiple times a day. And I'm just not that good of a swimmer. <laughs> I think I stick to running. <laughs> stick to the yeah. stick to the ground. So, yeah, they're so separate these days. They used to have um, beach and water, like, at the Summer of Surf, which is, like, the Ironman series stuff. And then the beach is now completely separate. So all my races are just sand events. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, but it's good fun, though. And it's good to have, like, the opportunity to do, like, Grass running, track running, beach running, beach flags. Yep. Like there's so many options. Yep. So it's always fun. And how so how many days are you how many days are you training for like now that you've sort of gone from that social level to like a hobbyist level up to like more of a professional level now? Um, I think my like volumes actually turned down a bit since like taking it a bit further just because that's the training program that I'm on. I used to do like a very high volume, like sort of slower pace, not much rest, but like real speed endurance stuff. Whereas now it's like short, sharp, long rest, full recovery. And that's like, I think I've really benefited from that. So at the moment I'm doing three track sessions, two sand and then two gym a week. Whereas when I was doing it in lockdown, just sort of starting out, I think I did maybe six track sessions, no beach and then, zero to one gym yeah right so yeah it's pretty different but we do try and have like 48 hours between track sessions just for our nervous system to Mm. pick back up yeah after getting flogged yeah (laughs) um how has and and so now you're working so you're working with never quit now yeah as a as a coach yeah so i do group classes and then um i'm like do strength conditioning coaching on the side so my mornings i'll have a couple clients in the morning either like athletes up-and-coming athletes or just like everyday people and then i do my 8am class every day which is fun <laughs> <laughs> so different to what i do though like the hit stuff and yeah. like sort of the bodybuilding like sort of style of like lifting but it's so good like just learn so much from it um we'll never quit like you know it's one of the premier ones in the gold coast and yeah. you know the coaching system out of them you know same with like the actives and the bmfs yeah they are more of a higher level aren't they yeah definitely are you um Are you finding, like, how's been the transition from going from a um, studying osteo to now being an S&C coach as well as an athlete? Yeah, I definitely love it a lot more. Osteo, I feel like, was a bit more behind the scenes. Like, there wasn't much hands-on stuff, especially because I did my course through lockdown. So it was all online and it was all just anatomy. But I think I really... I held on to that and like has been, have been able to like use that in my own coaching and just that knowledge and also like my knowledge of injuries and how to sort of work around them with my clients. But um, it's actually I didn't think that I'd ever do like PTing or SNC coaching. Like I think just in Melbourne, it's not really like a massive profession. Whereas you come up here and like everyone does mm. it and everyone has a PT and like oh, it's a, it's an the, incredibly active place, yeah, isn't it? I had absolutely no idea. I thought it was sort of like a like a young sort of like 17, 18, just graduated job. But like the like PTs at Never Quit are so successful mm. and like that's their full-time job. Some mm. of them are older and they've done it forever. So it's so rewarding like just seeing people actually improve when it's not you because you'd often like just go, oh, I could do better, I could do better. Like, mm. yeah, I've improved, but I'm not the best yet. But then mm. like you see these people that have never been in the gym before, which is most of my clients, and then now they're like squatting 100 kilos. Mm-hmm. Like it's so sick. Do you get, like, uh, and then do you do online coaching as well? Um, or is it more so, more so like one-on-one stuff out of Never Quit? 
Or just like one-on-one and then I've got my, I'm also a Move With Us coach so I write like online programs. So at the moment we've got a six-week reset challenge which I wrote which is like my sort of style of training for I guess like everyday people sort of wanting to train like a sprinter. What is Move With Us? Like I've seen it, but I don't actually fully understand it. Like I've seen, I've seen, the only reason I knew what it was is because I seen you posting about it. Yeah. And then I went on and looked at it and I was like, they've got like a massive following on Instagram. Yeah, and I massive. didn't, know, that was as far as I went until I was like, oh, that, they're pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's huge. So it's like a, like an app and yeah. they've got like programs you can buy or challenges that I'm doing. They also have like nutritionists that work within the app and give you like your meal plan, recipes. So it's sort of like a one-stop sort, sort of, of like shop. a little bit of a, um, what's the, um, what's the other one that they have the bike? Um, yeah, I'm going to sound like a fool in my own <laughs> podcast. Um, no idea. Fuck. They, they have like, uh, Oh man, this sucks. You know, they have a screen and you can follow like coaches online. Oh, um, um, see, now now we both sound silly. Now this is because I know you know. Um, Les Mills? Peloton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Les Mills. Les Mills is another one. Les Mills Still, or Peloton, yeah, the yeah. same same sort of scenario. Yeah. They, they've built like online programs and stuff like that for people to like tune in and, and yeah. buy in and stuff like that. But so I guess it, is that one like a buy-in program? Like they, you know, people yeah. then – yeah. buy into your program and do yeah. it that way. So it's oh, sort of yeah, like an online coaching opportunity, but it's not like individualised. Yeah, but yeah. you still get everything. And um, yeah, so they picked me up as a coach in November and then I spent like that month sort of writing a program. to. But it's like crazy because you've got like half the subscribers are up in like Europe and the US and you've got to like right. accommodate for them. And like I wrote all these outdoor sprint sessions and I was like, wait, <laughs> It's snowing. And they're freezing. They can't go outside. And like so many people train from home, which I had no idea. Yeah. And like being able to write programs like that are similar to me for someone that in has, a box this stage. has like just a bedroom to work out in. And yeah. like even like at Never Quit, it's a more of like a functional sort of CrossFit setup. And yeah. then like to be able to program machines that like we don't have. Yeah. It's just like so hectic. So I did want to do like online coaching at some point, but then like being able to see how hard it is mm-hmm. to program for people over the world like was a really good experience and you yeah, like, I was like you still wow. want to go down that path i think i'll stick with me but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like wow so well there is a it is a lot to it you know like it, off the back of you know a big part of our success was online coaches yeah and that's why a lot of like our equipment is the way that it is because we've we designed it because like all of these online coaches, like when we started designing little pieces of equipment, we're like, well, not everyone can have a hamstring curl machine or, you know, or, um, a a cable machine or squat racks and all these different things. They can only have certain things. So like we had to go, well, well, how can we engineer certain things that someone could actually do three workouts on a piece of equipment or something like that? Because that, I guess that was, you know, just like you like COVID was good for us as well um and off the back of that you know we've seen that so many people actually don't mind training from home or yeah they will if there's an option to have like a move with us or a les mills or a peloton they're quite happy just to like buy into that and then just use what they have absolutely in, in a minimalistic way yeah i think like because we were all like forced to be at home for so long and now people are just comfortable there like the amount of people that work from home now when they have the option mm. to go in and yeah, it's crazy. So. Heaps of people are set up for that now. Yeah, you know, and they've got of, everything. Mm. So, do you um, 
to you, like how important, I guess like one thing about uh, being an athlete is the training side of things. And then there's another massive portion of that, that is nutrition as well. Yeah. How, um, you know, how important is nutrition for you and I guess your whole you know, ecosystem? Oh, so important. And I, nutrition sort of something I never really focused on for until I pretty much until lockdown and when like I think nutrition and like gym was really like trending on social media during lockdown so obviously I was just scrolling and taking in so much information and I actually sort of like self-taught myself Mm. and I've just sort of coached myself through nutrition for the past two three years and um yeah like really want to be able to coach people in the future and like help them with their meal plans and just like have a knowledge of like what you should eat to like fuel for performance and like especially for sprinting like all the little things like make such a big difference like your sleep your nutrition like your recovery whether or not you're overtraining and all that whereas with netball i feel like i could just eat anything and i'd perform well and i could Mm. get four hours sleep and i'd train well but because sprinting is so particular like that's when i like really started to notice like the effect that my nutrition played on my performance so yeah, I love it. It's definitely like a big passion of mine and has made a massive difference. Do you um like how much of a focus like you just mentioned like recovery and sleep. Yeah. You know, do you put a lot of focus on recovery and sleep as well? Like outside of say just like sitting down and relaxing, but like, you know, the other forms of recovery, say like, you know, cold and hot therapies or, you know, compressions and stuff like that. Do you do much of that sort of stuff? Not too much. I think I focus more on like sleep is definitely my biggest priority and obviously nutrition as well and getting all my protein in. But um, I used to do a lot of like hot and cold and I still do saunas just more because I love how it makes me feel after. Um, But I didn't really, I don't really notice the difference like when I'm regularly doing it versus when I'm not. It's a bit different when I'm like racing, like I'll hop in the ice bath and do hot and cold if I'm like actually sore and like the Normatec boots, I love them, but I don't do it regularly, which I probably should, but I feel like sleep is the most important thing. And as long as I'm getting that in, then I feel like I'm all right. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's such a funny contrast between like so many different, every time we, get, I always like to ask that question to like all the performers or yeah. the athletes and stuff like that. Cause some people are like, yeah, I don't really oh, do it. Yeah. Or I'm so meticulous. Like George was like, where well, he gets in hyperbaric chambers. He does like oh, all, yeah, no. all, all sorts of stuff. Like so many different people have so many different modalities that they like yeah. to do for, oh, definitely. for recovery. Yeah. Each to their own. <laughs> yeah. It's that, but that's why I, th- I, yeah. I always find it quite funny because every single person has a different answer. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you, with the growth of, say, social media and what that has been able to, like, I'm guessing it's been a really positive, um, a really positive thing for you. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that is quite great in our, in our day and age now is an athlete or like a personality like yourself that is, you know, you know, has a direction or it has other passions yeah. can then use social media as like a modality to be able to, you know, bring, give more time or, um, build out brands to give themselves more opportunities. Yeah. Like now, since you've seen what, I guess, like the growth of social media can have, you know, how has that started to play a part in, you know, allowing you to do 
more things, I guess. Like, is, has it been able to do, allow you to do more in your training and, and focus more on yourself or as a brand? Oh, absolutely. Like, pre-social media, like, I'd work, be on my feet working all day and obviously being on your legs all day is not really good to – because our sprint training is at 5 p.m., so you're pretty cooked by then. So that's definitely played a role. And then, like, through, like, social media, like – sponsorships like i'm able to travel to vic like two or three times a month or however often and travel to sa and travel to perth to race so like obviously that helps in that manner and then also just being able to like just like receive more support and like document your journey i feel like so many athletes keep everything very private and like you get that in an individual sport because you don't want to give away all your secrets and everything but I love sharing it and it's different. There's also there's, ways you can do it. Isn't yeah. It? You're, not like you giving away, like, you're not giving away your, you know, the icing on the top, but no. you, you, you're giving the journey. Yeah. And people love it. Like, I, I don't think there's, I don't know many athletes out there that like sort of utilize their social media and like for like sprinting, it's, there is no money in sprinting mm. in Australia. And if you want to receive sponsorship, then you've got to pretty much make a social media because that's the only way you're going to get help from brands. Whereas like in other countries, it's like a job. So if you don't want to have to work like nine to five and be able to have more time to train and everything, which is what I wanted to do. And I was fortunate enough, obviously, with my social media growing and moving up here and I have time to relax during the day before I go to training and not rush straight from work. So I think it's been a really good tool and I'm very grateful for it because mm. it definitely just happened on its own. But yeah, I think I'd be in a, like a very different position with like my results and everything if I was still working like Try on my feet all day. Yeah. Yeah, and just, like, hustling and the stress of, like, picking up, like, I was working casually, like, am I going to get enough shifts this week? Mm. Am I going to be able to afford to pay for my, like, 400 return flights to Melbourne to go to a race and hopefully win some prize money? So, yeah, it's definitely been a lot less stressful and um, it's just fun as well. Did you did you do anything from – because I, I, I really like social media from, like, how people can build – you know, we, we built on social media at the same time. So I think yeah. it's a very, I think it's a very um, in topic to, to chat about as well. And especially from like an athlete point of view, I like, I like when an athlete utilizes social media because there's so many opportunities, you know, we yeah. look for athletes through social media yeah. because if they don't have a big social media, like I get messages all the time. Oh, can you please send us out some gear? Like we, we'll promote it. And you know, if someone's got like a thousand followers or something like that, you don't even look at it because you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm sure you've got something, but like it doesn't, it's not really, you know, you're not really looking at anything from yeah. it. Whereas like, you know, like yourself, where you've got like a lifestyle mixed in with everything else. Um, I think those are the, those are the athletes of today that have so much more, I guess like pull power when it comes to collaborations yeah, and yeah. brands. Definitely. That's just, I guess, how it works with social media. Like, you need to have, like, a big community, a big audience, and you also need to have, like, a, not, like, you're just not just posting stuff. Mm. You also want to be able to, like, engage with them, and I think that's something that I really try and do, and, like, obviously, it's all just community. I don't want to be, like, just posting to an audience with no intention. Yeah. And, so like, just sort of being able to bring them into it. But um, By doing, like, two-fingered pull-ups. And- yeah, setting challenges. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how many people did that. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Yeah. There's a lot of people did it. I, know. I could I, I could only imagine how many more people would have like I'm sure you shared like a few people on your story, but like it seemed like there was a lot of people out there that so started doing many. it. So many. Yeah. It was so funny. People in the gym. Damn in those shoes. 
I feel like every, I feel like I if there was a Nike ambassador, <laughs> you can make ten bucks off those shoes. I oh, reckon you would have made some money. There's like I bought them in January 2021. It's now 2022, and I'm still getting messages. What are the shoes called? I'm gonna buy them. Really? <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. It's so funny. So I'm glad I picked those ones. <laughs> shoes and uh, shoes and, uh, and two pull finger pull ups. Yeah, it's the way to go. <laughs> um, well. I also just want to ask you, like, what would you, before we, before we close it out, well, we've got a, c- a couple of things before we close it out. Yeah. We've got a fast five, which we asked five questions yeah. from the audience. We had a bunch of, we had plenty of come out, so I've tried to cherry pick the good ones. Um, but also, what would you say to, as a bit of a wrap up, like, what would you say to, an, to, an, to a young athlete now that sort of may have been in a, you know, a 17, 18, maybe 16 year old, Olivia May's shoes yeah. that says like, you know, like I've got a couple of things on my plate, but which way, you know, like what what are the things I should be putting into place now? I think at that age, do everything. I was sort of, I was that kid that did every sport under the sun. Like I was playing high level netball and I was going to nationals for lifesaving and everyone's like, you, one day you're going to have to pick something. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I can do both. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen, but I probably could do both right now, but I just picked running. So I'd say do everything for as long as you can and also just, like, in the position that I was in with athletics and wanting to pursue it for so long but just not really committing to it, just do it. Mm. Like, it was the best decision I ever made and, like, I had so many opportunities and I was like, no, I can't do it. Like, no, running 150 metres is too hard. I don't want to do that every week. And like, I'm just going to cut it back to 90 on the sand. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll just do sand because I can get away with not training and go on nationals every year. But, yeah, like just do it. And also like don't let yourself be influenced by everyone around you that don't have the same like endeavours. Yeah. So like don't feel ashamed for doing sport and not wanting to go out and everything because when you're older you appreciate it you do you end yeah. up appreciating it you're yeah. like oh you know <laughs> you get older and you're like oh i had so much there were so many th- areas there you know people where, like you know, oh i could have played afl or i could have gone to the Olympics. I, honestly i have so many mates that had so much fucking talent yeah and, you know, and it makes me oh like, it's I annoying i would have killed for some of their talent just a little yeah. bit you know just a little bit more all the girls that i used to like do little athletics against that were like incredible ones at every record and they just couldn't be bothered anymore yeah and i was like i wish like i was you <laughs> when i was younger I was like, little skinny and i'm still kid, and i'm, I'm like, still rocking up <laughs> trying to get as good as you when you were 12 yeah so, it's funny yeah. that isn't it yeah well well there you go that's what yeah. you need yeah um all right fast five questions we try to just keep these to you know we'll do what we can sometimes they drag out a little okay. bit sometimes they don't <laughs> but you can only do one thing for the rest of your life, sprinting, running, or lifting. What would it be? Hmm. Sprinting. Sprinting. Yeah. Do you do any long distance running or you just oh, a no. short? So no. It's only short, sharp. So short, sharp. Like you won't catch <laughs> me dead running more than like – I don't run more than 150 metres ever at training. So. so you don't do any running at – like you don't need to do – or like you don't do any long distance running whatsoever. It's just nah. all short stuff. I just – no. Nah. Like you don't want to train your body to nah. be a marathon nah. runner. <laughs> nah. Just keep it short and sharp. So, yeah. Maybe – no, nah, never. Nah, just nah. Never <laughs> it won't happen. Just nah. Nah. Yeah, okay. Um, what are your before and after snack routines? 
As in like before and after. Before training. and after training or racing. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say racing. Racing. Or both. So it sort of depends on the time of day. Mostly I'll start racing at like mid-morning. So I'll always have my big bowl of oats. I also like to go for a walk in the morning. And I also like to get minimum 10 hours sleep before a race. Minimum. Yeah. I need a, a big, sleep. big sleep. Like, I haven't had a 10 hour sleep in so oh, long. Like 12 is like ideal. <laughs> <laughs> That sucks. Don't even say that. And then, so big breakfast, like to walk the legs out. And then I also like to have a big sleep in so I don't have time to like think about the day. Just wake up and go. But then when I'm there, I'll just have like mollies, caffeine. I load up on caffeine. Sometimes I'll do a caffeine fast for a few weeks leading up to a race, which is so hard. Caffeine fast and no caffeine. No caffeine. So last year leading into stall, I didn't have caffeine for six weeks. Just because of no crash or like just like – It just hits you harder when you do have it. Yeah, And it's also just a bit of a challenge. Right, okay. When you're a PT, it's hard when you're getting up and going to work at 4.30 in the morning. When you're a parent, it's hard. Yeah, true. (laughs) That as well. And then um, after a race, I always get like like a takeaway of some sort. Talk to us. Like pizza, Guzman – Bow buns, you name it, but no alcohol. What sort of pizza? I like a, um, anything with chicken on it or like prosciutto. Okay. Chicken and prosciutto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just load up on as much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> and then if I race at night, it's a bit tricky, but like same thing, big sleep, big breakfast. Find a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too big on like I just try and replicate on race day as much as like a normal day. So yeah. I eat all the same food. I just probably have Are more you superstitious. Not really. So you just have like the normal things cuz I just, just try and be like it's a normal works. day yeah. cuz otherwise I get too nervous, yeah. too stressed. Yeah. So yeah. Just same old. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um how do you deal with nerves before events? Um I used to listen to like a lot of music before I'd race, but then I found that actually put me in the zone too much that I'd get even more nervous. So I just literally treat like warm up like it's training and try and talk to people as much as I can. Um, Sort of, I I need to have that like, I don't give a fuck attitude Mm -hmm. as well. I find it's the races I don't care about and the ones that I don't actually want to be at that I do better and the ones that I care about so much and put pressure on myself, I always choke. Got the nervous system. Yeah, so crazy. I also like try and not read like, because there's, like, forums that come out, people's tips and, like, right. try and not read that kind of stuff because it yeah. gets in your head and, yeah. like, not look at what anyone else is doing. But, um, yeah, just, like, calm myself down and just treat it like it's a normal day. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what is a good sprinting, sprint training setup look like? My ideal session would be block starts. So... Very short warm-up jog, couple drills, couple strides. Then probably my favourite session is three 10-metre starts, three 30-metre starts, three 50-metre starts, then go home. I have no idea about any of that, but I'm going to say, oh, cool, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like a great yeah. session. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, that's – well, when I sprint, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you consider – would you consider taking sprint training classes – yeah, definitely at some point. It's like, yeah, it's hard because I feel like Gold Coast is very small and I'd love to branch mm-hmm. out to go like a bit more interstate and global and like would love to, if I were to launch like an online coaching, like one-on-one sort of thing, I would definitely program sprinting. 
but it's also like something hard to do by correspondence and because sprinting like it's hard work and you need a coach there to sort of tell you to mm-hmm. get it done but yeah i'd love to run classes it's one of those it's it's tricky being the coach and the athlete yeah it? and you also don't want like it to sort of take over your life mm-hmm. like if i did sprinting as my like sport and then i coached it and then i programmed it online it would mm-hmm. just be like just so much sprinting at yeah, once yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why i sort of like to go like gym is work and then running is me yeah 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 so yeah i definitely consider it but i don't know probably do want to overload it <laughs> well when it is going to be coming available um where well what's coming up next for Libby may um got a few more races this season racing this weekend on the sunny coast mm-hmm. for a beach comp and then next weekend i've got a pro running um race in victoria called beachside gift it's on ko okay um, <laughs> Um, then I've got state champs at the end of Feb. Then I've got nationals end of March and then stall gift early April. I was going to say, you're doing stall? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Daddy'd be so proud. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be there. He's just texting you. Every, yeah. how, how's it, how's it looking? Keen? How are we looking? Yeah. How are we looking? Not long to go. <laughs> Here's your nomination. Yeah. <laughs> While your mum's sending I've signed you, you up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm keeping the sash. Yeah, like Dad, I can pay for my sash. No, 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 no. no. This is my sash. Yeah, this is all mine. <laughs> this is my win. Oh so, well, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. Where can people find you? Um, socials, plug it. This is called Plug City. Ah, uh, so my socials on Instagram is underscore O M A Y, short for Olivia May, and then my TikTok. Don't laugh. It's at Zoe Mama. <laughs> you can't say don't laugh and then drop that behind it. <laughs> so yeah. So Zooey Mama, Zooey Mama. Mama. How do you how do you spell Zooey Mama? Z O O zero. Yeah. W E E M A M A. Just how it sounds. Zooey Mama. There's a zero in there. Yeah, yeah. But there's a zero. It could. It's from um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> when TikTok first um, like started, I just did it as like a bit of a piss take, and then I just and never changed stuck. it. That's stuck. what happened. Yeah, people think my name's Zoe, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm so I'm Zoe Mama. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on with us today. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Um, good luck with all the races up until the store gift. I'm going to be praying for dad that you get the chocolates on that one. (laughs) Um, And congratulations on everything you've achieved to this point, like your social media growth, just your growth as an athlete so far from like, you know, the outsiders looking in. I think you've done an incredible job. So well done. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was heaps of fun. All good. All right, guys. See you later. Bye.